HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by 818 Tequila, delicious and smooth tequila, meaning harmony with the earth. 818 Tequila, imported by 818 Spirits, Manhasset, New York. 40% alcohol by volume. Drink responsibly. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, a supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. For more information, visit Corin.com. This episode is brought to you by Tabard Inn. Tabard Inn, Washington, D.C.'s quintessential hotel, is located on a quiet, tree-lined street just five blocks from the White House. Vibrant yet unassuming, the Tabard is comprised of 35 sleeping rooms, each unique in character and design. Feast on an eclectic American cuisine in their acclaimed restaurant, or enjoy a cocktail served on the beautiful patio, which has ample room for social distancing. Travelers from around the world find the Tabard the only place to stay when taking their travels to Washington. For more information, visit tabardin.com. Welcome to HRN on Tour. This is Christine Sykes-Low, and today I'm joined by five times James Beard Foundation Award nominee Katie Button. Katie is the CEO, co-founder of Asheville, North Carolina's beloved Curate, a collection of restaurants, online marketplace, wine club, and culinary journeys designed to create exceptional and experiential access to Spanish culture. A Southern chef with a scientific mind, Button honed her craft in the kitchens of some of the world's best chefs, most notably, Ferran Adria and Jose Andreas, before venturing out to open Curate Bar de Tapas with husband Felix Mina and her family. Since, they have grown the Curate brand to include Curate Trips, Curate Spanish Wine Club, Curate at Home, and most recently, La, de Be- uh, La Bodega by Curate. Among her many accolades, Chef Katie Button was featured as one of Food & Wine's 2015 Best New Chefs. Curate was named as one of the 40 most important restaurants of the past 40 years by Food and Wine, and one of the most important restaurants of the decade by Esquire. In 2016, Button released her first cookbook, Curate, Authentic Spanish Food from an American Kitchen. In 2022, the James Beard Foundation nominated Katie for a 2022 Best Chefs in America. Southeast Award, and Curate Bar de Tapas for an Outstanding Hospitality Award 
in which Curate won that honor at the awards in Chicago this past June. Welcome, Katie. Thanks for coming and sitting with me today. In our, in our own hometown of Asheville, North Carolina, we're sitting on the porch. It's very relaxed and nice and lovely. And um, I saw you in Aspen right on the heels of that James Beard Award win. So tell me what that transition was like for you and the team coming from that. That was uh, amazing. It was wild. I think definitely a highlight of our career, if not one of like the top that we've hit so far. And, you know, I think... One, you never know going in. This is the fifth time we've been nominated. And you never know going in how it's going to turn out. And we've always just been okay with just being nominated. It's exciting. But honestly, there's nothing quite like sitting in that audience and having your name called. And for winning Outstanding Hospitality in particular, like that one really felt That's right. the whole team. Yes. Yeah. It just fits so well with who we are and what we care about and our culture and just that it takes everyone to create the experiences and it's experiences that we create not just for our guests but our employees i mean hospitality is internal and external and then we hopped on a plane and went to aspen for the food and wine festival and it was the best like lead in like we were on a high the whole weekend and seeing everybody that you know that you had already just seen days before and um celebrating that win and what i also love about it is um for those who don't know felix is very much a counterpart in this operation with a lot of front of house and um the hospitality with the staff and um so this was really a group family effort and it really spoke to how you all run your concepts that's right and um your philosophy behind that um, so is there, I know you, when you were at Aspen, you were very busy. I didn't get to talk to you a lot. Um, but you did manage the Spanish. What did you do for them there? So we, um, were in the Spain portion of the tent the whole weekend and we did cooking demonstrations. I was up there kind of in a section elevated cooking up a caloso, which is like a soupy kind of rice dish, mm-hmm. um, and then also some chorizo a la sidra, which was chorizo and si- cooked with cider and some apples. And we were serving up little tastes of things made out of um, products that come from Spain or are inspired by Spain or that we make. And um, it was it was really fun to connect with people and share to everyone who came through the tent that weekend a little bit of Spanish culinary experiences. And you were sort of kind of leading that whole area because not only did it have you all at the forefront of uh, the demos and what was going on, but there were also Spanish wines and different things that were being offered in there. So it was really like a culinary immersion into the Spanish culture, which was very awesome. Um, So what... There's something that um, I've known you for a little while, and I've heard you tell this story a few times, but it's always been so interesting to me to hear about your transition to what you originally started out in your career path and your thought process of what you wanted to do and how it actually led to where you are now. So can you just give us a taste of that? I know it's a little bit of a longer story, but... Sure, yeah, yeah. the condensed version. So uh, basically when I was graduating from high school and going into college, I um, knew that I was pretty good at math and science. Like most people who are 18 had no idea how to find out what I wanted to do for my life. And so just decided to head on a path of engineering because I thought that would get me a job. (laughs) 
I have a master's degree in biomedical engineering, but I was um, smart that I was still kind of discovering myself. So I found this program that was offered in Paris and it was all about traveling, really. Like I was doing this master's degree as far as, you know, checking the boxes of continuing my career when I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. But then for me, selfishly, in the back of my mind, I just wanted to live in another country, another city, another language. That's not selfish at all. I would be right there with you. (laughs) And um, it was interesting because when I look back on that moment, I was kind of trudging through my degree and getting it done. But then I was finding solace in cooking in my tiny studio apartment. I would buy these massive French classic cookbooks and then spend all my money on ingredients and I taught myself how to make puff pastry on the floor of my apartment because my studio kitchen didn't have counter space. And so I like made, took tape and marked off a rectangle on the floor, bleached it and decided I would never walk on it again. It would just be an (laughs) extension of my kitchen counter. So I walked around this square like the rest of my time there. But on that floor, I made classic traditional puff pastry, all of the layers of butter and keeping things cold and folding. And I made this poisson croute. So it's like a whole fish filled with vegetables wrapped in the puff pastry. That's what I remember that part of the story, because that to me was, uh, that was awesome. That was pretty (laughs) exceptional that you attempted that. And and I served it to myself alone. (laughs) And I think it was looking back on those moments that I knew that I needed to switch careers. It's what centered you. Yes, it was. And and I realized that I thought you study one thing and that's your career, right, for being successful, making it in life, and then you have your passion. And I didn't think that I could find a way for those two things to be together. It took me a little bit to realize, oh, actually... Maybe this can yeah. work. Yes, this can work. It's yeah. actually not a pie in the sky kind of thing. and um, And I think that's really kind of... Well, everyone hopes to aim for, you know, that passion in their daily work. Um, So um, you have uh, so much going on between uh, the wine club, the trips. Uh, I think you were, after you got done with Aspen, you were heading to Spain for a while. Um, If you want to touch a little bit on the trips portion of that, because um, I know that they're hugely successful and what the whole realm of that includes. Yeah, so we, Felix and I really wanted to not only bring people our love of Spain here in Asheville, but also to take them to Spain. And so we started Curate Trips, which we have a wonderful um, travel partners in Spain who are amazing, handle all the logistics. And we brainstorm together these perfect dream itineraries where we get to take guests to the wineries and um, the places where we buy jamón, like these purveyors and small family farms that we have personal connections to with our comp- with our restaurants, we get to bring people there. And they have these wonderful experiences because we're showing them a part of Spain that they couldn't discover normally. It's like the inside scoop of, uh, of very personal to Felix and I. And it gets Felix the opportunity also to go back to Spain more often, which he's from Spain. And so... Uh, you know, that's really important, connecting with your family culture and creating space. So they were really a little bit about, a little selfish about how do we make our life work and how does Felix get fed returning people to Spain? 
Oh, that's amazing. I would love to uh, actually do one of those one day if I ever find the time. And Curate at Home, is that more of the uh, branded products and the things that people can purchase directly and create experiences in their own home? Yes. Yeah, yeah. we opened that. It came out of, you know, a pandemic-like response to having our restaurants, dining rooms closed and needing to reach people that knew about us all across the country. So we created the shipping program of Spanish specialty goods and things that we make like gazpacho and our charcuterie. And it's been really fun to be able to now like deliver those bites, you know, to people's homes. You have a new show. It's not new. It's been around a year and a half now. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. um, and this from the source, and it's featured on Magnolia Network. Um, and if you can kind of go in a little in a little bit about how that was developed, how that came about, um, what your aim for the show is. I know that you feature, you know, different local producers. Mostly, I've seen many from the southeast, but a little bit more further abroad, like Pacific Northwest, you know. Um, so tell me a little bit about the genesis of that. It's been amazing. I um, I think, you know, the, the show idea started a few years ago, um, and the Magnolia Network was putting together new shows, and they, they were looking for new talent and things to create TV shows. And I feel incredibly fortunate to have the opportunity to create a, a TV show for them from the source. And um, I work with an incredible production company, um, Blue Chalk out of Oregon and New York. And together with the network and the production company, we created the show idea from the source where I get to travel. It's like a dream for me, a learning dream. I get to travel to different incredible producers. So whether it's salt or maple syrup or... Um, you know, apples or, you know, stone ground, uh, flour, right. Flour, rice. Yeah, I mean, yeah. everything, everything meet the people who are making the incredible products who are super passionate about what they do. And then, and I get to actually do the work. So I put myself in these situations of milking cows at a creamery and which um, everyone needs to try at least once right absolutely <laughs> required life learning and the and so people see me because I know nothing going into each of these like, never tapped a tree a maple tree but that's to get that's syrup. the fun part yes the unexpected exactly and they get yeah. to see my reaction to what's going on and then also hear the stories about why this particular person is so passionate about what they're doing and the care that they're taking and how they're creating these incredible products. And then there's always a cooking component too, where I then cook with the ingredients or learn from someone else who's cooking something. But it's that combination of work, curiosity, cooking, learning, storytelling, and it is joy filling. I love it. Well, you have your hands in a lot, um, and I'm going to go back to just the fact that we're both here in Asheville, and Asheville's our home, and what you actually do in your off time when you have some free time, but, um, you know, you've always had uh, philanthropy and activism giving back as part of your core uh, philosophy at Curate, and uh, you, uh, as a chef, have given back and served in many capacities. Um, I know you've been involved with James Beard Foundation Boot Camp. The women's entrepreneurial development and um, the one page, one fair wage models. 
can you go into a little bit of that and about why that's important to you to be an advocate in those areas? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, starting with the the James Beard Foundation boot camp, like Chefs uh, for Policy Change, going through that program taught me that we're more than just, you know, as restaurateurs or chefs, we're more than just the experiences that we create in our restaurant. We touch so many people and impact so many lives that we have our hands on the the farming and agriculture side of the world, as well as the consumers and everything kind of in between. And we're really set up for advocating for real policy change, you know, um, at the government level. And, and that, that, is what makes lasting change. And so it's been really interesting or fun to get to learn how to advocate for change, how to call senators and representatives, how to tell them what we need. It came in super handy during the pandemic as we were working really hard to get funding, finances, and um, and uh, financial aid for restaurants who were so uniquely impacted in this moment. And then, you know, the Women's Entrepreneurial Leadership Program, I'm a mentor and also was a participant. And that's about connecting. I mean, women learning, myself learning how to become a CEO of my company, how to lead what, you know, kind of school classes I need to take and, and then being able to now pass that to other women who are joining the program or our mentees um, makes me feel like I'm we're connecting and supporting each other in a wonderful way. And then on the one fair wage piece, we've always known that, you know, we won this award for outstanding hospitality, that hospitality comes from the entire team. I mean, it's the prep kitchen does all of the pre-work for the line. They prep all the sauces, they peel all the shrimp, they get everything ready. The dish team is replacing the saute pan seamlessly and cleaning all of the dishes and organizing everything. And then our um, servers are, you know, that kind of connection between the guest and the kitchen. And our hosts are the first people that, you know, our guests meet and the first person who starts their experience. It's everybody when you come in and eat at Curate or La Bodega. It's the whole team that takes care of them. So... In our values, we felt it was important to adopt one of the one fair wage models, which eliminates sub-minimum wage pay and allowed us to begin a tip sharing model where tips are um, pooled and shared among all of our hourly non-managers um, in our company. And it just feels so wonderful now to be able to take better care of every single person in our restaurant by um, following our values. So important. And going back to what you're talking about, learning about actually being a CEO and all the different facets of that, you know, you think about chefs and restaurateurs and, you know, no matter how big uh, it, it, they are as far as, you know, number of restaurants and things they're, they're involved in, they have a team and the team um, facilitates what needs to happen. But at the same time, that leader such as yourself, such as a Felix, um, they, they wear many hats, you know, their creator, their leader, their, you know, human resources, their, you know, I mean, everything across the board. So um, you had some good mentors along the way. And it brings me back to thinking about um, Jose Andreas and um, how he, you know, takes that approach, at least from what I view from afar, and especially in the phil philanthropic arena, 
Um, do you still have any kind of involvement with what things that he's doing or? Yes. Yeah. I mean, okay. he is, um, amazing. He has supported so us. amazing. So amazing. <laughs> I don't think like how many times do we say that? <laughs> and the other thing he has supported Felix and I always forever. I mean, for everything. When we, I remember when we were first opening, we just worked for him for a few, like a little a period of our lives. Right. And then we went off to do our own thing. And I remember when we were opening Quirite and we needed help. And he was the first person we called. And what did he do? He hopped on a plane himself to Asheville with four of his top people to help us open our restaurant. Because that beginning few days, I mean, it was the first time we'd ever opened our own restaurant. It's high stress it's crazy it's very intense and they were with us for a few days and helped us put the systems in place that we needed to set us up for success and he's always there for us when we won this award for outstanding hospitality both Felix and I looked at each other and we were like you know we wouldn't have this if it weren't for the time that we worked for Jose and the values and Think Food Group and like the values that they placed in us this combination of understanding the business side of things, creating a unique experience and high quality experience for guests, but then also this integrity of, of person, right? And, and you can yeah. see that in his philanthropic work and what he strives for. I mean, he is striving and has achieved incredible significance in this world in changing food access. Yeah. On such a such a huge level, it's it's it's, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. It's in, it's you don't get to be on Time Magazine's cover for. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's awe inspiring, yeah, yeah. and and you know if we can in our way, like we're following in his footsteps in the way that we see that importance of being and doing more than just the restaurant that we run. Like we, you know, you you get to change the world <laughs> and so truly um yeah that opening you you are hearkening back to when he he was there for your opening i was honored to be in attendance at that and i have a photo actually of jose and my youngest son and he's pouring lemonade from what is the um, the prom yes, yes. <laughs> That was, it was a classic photo because my son didn't know what he was getting into, but he was willing to go for it. So, um, but what a lovely, jovial person and just great all around. Um, so can you give us any teasers about things that might be coming up on the horizon? Well, I'm uh, about to start filming more of my show, which is great from the source. And um, also dabbling on finally another cookbook idea. So, <gasps> I mean, we're a ways out, right? We're in the dabbling ideating phase. But is, is this breaking news? <laughs> Probably. Oh, yes. awesome. I got a scoop. <laughs> yes, that's, right. that's wonderful. That's, right. that's all I can say. That's so. wonderful, though. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, how long has it been since the th five years, six years? Yeah. Okay. Almost seven or seven, yeah, six I mean, years. Yeah, I mean, with the pandemic, I feel like you kind of lost a few, so we it's did. like all relative. But, well, that's wonderful. I know. I really loved the first experience of writing a cookbook. Like, I, I, there's something about my science background that I love teaching and explaining things in ways that um, people serve people in their cooking for the rest of their lives, right? Like, you know, just learning what to look for for when the oil like dances across the pan so you know it's the right temperature but it's not smoking and that's perfect searing like I love 
kind of getting to the the nitty gritty. Yes, yes, exactly. Of those kinds of things, making it precise for people. Oh, that'll be fun to watch the development of that. Um, so I, I mentioned on it briefly. So we live in this wonderful city, Asheville. Um, we have obviously many great restaurants, lots of things to do adventure wise. When you do find time, what what are your pastimes? What do you enjoy doing with the family? So we, um, you know, live kind of close to the the Blue Ridge Parkway. And what we love to do is to go up to Craggy Gardens. Um, it's First of all, it's like a nice drive on the Blue Ridge Parkway to get up to Craggy it, Gardens. Yes. And then once you're there, it's easy hikes for the kids. Like we can really enjoy it as a family, pack a picnic. And, um, and you can spread out a little bit too. Yes. And it is a nice hike. You can bring the dogs and, you know. The Everybody. Other, the other thing we love to do is to go biking on the Greenway by the River Arts District. So, that's great. That's yes. such a great Greenway. Oh, yeah. For visitors coming to Asheville, that's something you have to check out. River Arts District, they have this wonderful Greenway, and it runs along the river. And, you know, there's wineries and art galleries and all kinds of things dotting the this, this scope down there. Um, how can people follow what you're doing and what you're up to? Well, Instagram is always a good way to mm-hmm. follow. Also, if you go to our website, curatetapasbar.com or curateathome.com, you can sign up for our newsletters. And we always send our information and news on Instagram or our newsletters. And Chef Katie Button's my Instagram. So. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. It's been awesome talking with you. Thanks for listening to HRN on Tour. You can find all of our programming at heritageradionetwork.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org.